Football Social Daily. With German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at germandonerkebab.com. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily for Tuesday. This is your Premier League update, but of course, there's not loads of action to talk about on the field, so why not take a look at things going on off of it? And as always, as you'd expect in the world of football, it's money, money, money. UEFA want £245 million if Euro 2020 is cancelled. The Premier League are also at risk of breaching their £3 billion TV contract if the season isn't finished by the summer. Something that will please Steve McNaughton if it is. Hello, Steve. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, good afternoon, gents. Marley, how are you doing? You're also here, Marley Anderson. Uh, I am also here, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, not and bad. also here is Jim. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Jim. How are you? I'm good, man. Jim's in isolation in his little bubble. <laughs> He's <laughs> over in the corner of the studio, away from everyone. Keeping one metre away from everybody at the moment. <laughs> well, to please you, Marley, we'll also be talking about Newcastle United on today podcast Steve Bruce has said he's unsure about the future of Matty Longstaff as he looks to tie the midfielder down to a new contract also Arsenal are interested in perhaps signing West Ham United's defender Issa Diop which will interest Jim Salverson mm. and to interest any Burnley fans out there Sean Dyche has been named manager Yay. of the month so we'll be talking about that as well but first let's talk about UEFA Euro 2020 because that's at the top of everyone's agenda in the football world 55 UEFA member nations met on Tuesday to discuss whether the tournament will go ahead. We don't know for certain at the time of recording whether it will be postponed to Euro 2021, but that looks like what's going to happen. However, what did come out is that UEFA want €275 million if the tournament is cancelled. Now, Steve, you've done a bit of reading into this story. It goes a a bit deeper than just cancelling the tournament for a year, doesn't it? There is a lot of uh, sort of avenues involved in this. There is, yeah. There's there's so many permutations from it that... Everything's going to be dictated by money. You know, obviously, it's going to link into the Premier League broadcast deal that we're going to talk about in a bit. But yeah. uh, so the news that's gone across all, you know, a lot of the the, the the papers and online gossip columns, if you like, is that they're going to you know seek compensation to the value of two hundred seventy-five million euros for the postponement of Euro twenty twenty-one. And I'm just quite interested, and probably I suppose interested to get your thoughts on uh, as a collective of where's that two hundred seventy-five million going to come from? Who exactly mm. are you for? gonna sue for postponing the tournament uh, so yeah. it's it's very interesting and i just wonder if you know these 55 member nations are going to actually be footed with a bill for 275 million euros for you know the postponement of it due to a worldwide pandemic which no one's got any control over yeah so the whole thing is just it stinks I think, doesn't it stinks it? Uh, yeah and it's uefa down to a t i think it's a back of the queue scenario isn't it it's like if you want your money well, there's a lot of people ahead of you in that money queue when it comes to handouts. A lot more people that are more deserving, a lot more causes Agreed. that are going to need a cash injection over the next few months to keep going. Mm. UEFA is a massively rich organisation. We saw from Huge. their recent accounts that they have money coming out of their ears. They have done very well over the last few years, and they're looking to increase the amount of money that's coming in by making their tournaments bigger over the next few years. So I don't think they need any compensation if that tournament is suspended. They will make plenty when it finally comes around to being reorganised in 2021 or whenever it is. Especially when you see the likes of Michelle Platini, who of course uh, was head of UEFA for a long time and then got done for, you know, taking yeah. bungs and taking money back mm. handers, basically. He wasn't exactly as straight as Roman Road, was he? No, mm. absolutely right. So, you know, you do wonder why UEFA is so desperate to get this money. And as Steve says, Marley, it's, it's UEFA's tournament. Mm. Surely it's yeah. up to them to deal with it, is it not? Yeah, but the... I think the the reason why they're, they're 
trying to charge money or are supposedly going to charge uh, money for compensation is because they can. Mm. Rather, they don't need it, but they've got a claim to it. It's like if well, you're in... Who are they going to charge, though? Well, well, they've, well, they've, well, well they've, clearly, they've clearly got someone to charge, otherwise this story wouldn't have I know, come well, out. that's the question, isn't it? But who is this person or this well, we, well, we don't know because we're just four guys on a podcast, but well, they'll know. They'll know who they're charging. We're looking at this through the optics of the UK at the moment, and the UK is in a unique position in terms of us compared to the European countries in that our government has taken very different action. This is going to verge on the political stuff that we try to avoid slightly, yeah. but whereas our government has advised that mass gatherings and sporting events should be cancelled, that they won't support sporting events with police and ambulance and fire, etc., etc. Other member nations of the EU have gone, you cannot have, we are cancelling sporting events, you cannot have mass gatherings, mm. which means, I guess... UEFA will look to get compensation from those individuals but because it's, they are culpable yeah. for that decision. But it is the same in other European countries. The Euros, although predominantly takes place at Wembley uh, in Britain, uh, in Scotland as well, there'll be games there. And Dublin as well. And Dublin, of course, with the Aviva Stadium as well there. You know, it is across Europe this time. It's not just in one country or two countries like we saw... Um, what was it? You, Poland and Ukraine hosted it together. I mean, that's kind of unusual in itself. Normally, it's just one country. But on this occasion, it's the first time ever that it's been across the continent. Yeah. And it's up to governments individually to decide whether they close borders, mm. stop mass gatherings, stop sporting events. And everyone is taking a similar standpoint on this. So UEFA can't just go around suing the governments of every country. I, mean, no, I don't think so. Well, I mean, what, what, I, what's their view and the standpoint going I be? think this could be the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of people boycotting UEFA. Like if you look at all this, look at Man City in the Champions League. Like if they if they win this case about being kicked out by UEFA, and then there's this as well as in UEFA trying to sue people and essentially profit off of an epidemic, worldwide yeah. epidemic, yeah. huge it's like bad massive optics, thing. Isn't it? Yeah, you look stupid, and everyone will go. Well, what about this? Uh, what about this Super League? Or what about this? Um, what about starting again without these old all these bent idiots yeah. like trying to charge everyone for everything when it's not their fault so this could be it could be like the um you know the bosman rule that where something happened and it just triggered a, a chain of events and we ended up changing the transfer window and contracts as a whole this could be something that really just triggers a new era in football because everyone's sick of uefa but nobody can move them because they're so big and they're, they're everywhere as in they control everything so you can't really overthrow them unless everybody's on board basically and if they try and charge everyone why not just push back against them and say well we don't need you anyways mm. stick your competitions where the sun doesn't shine we'll go and start our own and we'll see who wants to follow us and it could be time for some someone else to take over now be onto something there Marley I mean there will be costs that every now and again I have a decent <laughs> idea <laughs> UEFA do have costs involved as does every business they'll have people who are working on that tournament they'll yeah. have staff that they need to pay they will have sponsorship that is depending on them delivering a tournament in 2020 but unfortunately we're in a very unique circumstance that needs a unique reaction to it and i think uefa are just one of many companies that just need to suck it up for the time being exactly, exactly. they need to be more progressive uefa it is it's a problem that's plagued that organization for it's what seems like a millennia yeah. um, and uh, un unless they get a bit more progressive with the thinking become a bit more flexible I think you know th th you could be in a situation where you do get a kind of countries going actually we're going to resign from this this mm. organisation because if the way that it's run and the stipulations that they have to do and the, the penalties that are put in place for, for stepping out of line I mean you know, not to get into the whole Man City thing, but it's absolutely farcical what you, you know what UEFA are, are trying to do. 
And, you know, it's probably going to not stand up at the first attempt in the court of arbitration for sport because no one's got any faith in UEFA being managed to execute anything properly. And I just think mm. that it's... I think when I seen that headline this morning, and, and obviously I suggested it for, for for the topic for us to talk about, it's like it was more despair really when I read that the fact that, um, you know, we had, we've got something going on and everyone's very concerned. Everyone's concerned from a financial point of view at the minute, and UEFA are going actually, guys, we're going to do this conference call with fifty five uh, nations, and we want you to pay a quite an extraordinary bill for the worldwide situation, meaning that we need to push it back twelve months. I think it's it lacks integrity. I think I think it's in the spirit of the game. And it's just an absolute disgrace, really. And I think the people, you know, in, in charge need to have a look at themselves. This is a newspaper headline as well. We need to remember that it is reported in a tabloid paper. This isn't something that's come out of the meeting as yeah. it stands. So we could be doing you over a massive disservice. But it's definitely feasible. It's oh, definitely yeah. feasible yeah. because, like we say, there's so yeah. much. From what money we know involved. about you it's 100 percent feasible. <laughs> exactly. I'll have to first comment, it, Jim. Did it first come from Ornstein? Because sure. I seen some, I'm pretty sure I seen Ornstein's name linked with it. In which case, I believe it. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> because it it's more believable than than just you know, the Daily Star making up that somebody. I can't even say what the, the stuff is. <laughs> he's he's going to say something that controversial. <laughs> no, it, it'll something just get it'll just get pasty, yeah. it'll just get bleeped out in an edit. So there's no point in even saying it. It's not as if it's not a reliable source. Uh, it yeah. seems to have come from somewhere. You mentioned Steve UEFA versus Manchester City. The Court of Arbitration for Sport have announced that due to the pandemic that's currently ongoing, the cases that they're due to see and sit through uh, will be suspended until further notice, which mm. throws Manchester City up in the air. But then again, we don't know what's going on with the Champions League. UEFA don't know what's going on with the Champions League. We'll probably have all this relevant information tomorrow. But it, it's such a chain of events where you're kind of relying on the governing bodies of, of the sport to make decisions which are, are amiable and amicable for everyone involved. Mm. Yeah, and we've got to think of the, 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 the wider community with these decisions, really. And I'd, I'd love to know what the the thought process is to address all these issues and how they're going to cross the T's and dot the I's of all these situations that are going on. Mm. Led to believe the meeting is now finished at UEFA. It's concluded. One of three, I think. Uh, so day, Simon so, yeah. Stone from the BBC has, has put that out uh, on, on, the, on the website. And... Um, I just think it's they've just got to tick one off at a time with it really and decide what's the most pressing issues. Now, I think the Euros are because it's going to have a massive effect on every domestic season in Europe. And, you know, the domestic seasons, which will probably dovetail quite nicely into what we're going to talk about a bit later on, I've, I've got to be the priority for me. Uh, I think we have to complete these seasons and the international football will have to take a backseat for a while. And you're not just saying that because your team are 25 points clear at the top of the Premier League and there's a chance you could win your first title in 30 years. I'm sure that comes into it a no, little bit. No, I, I think, I mean, you know, when you take the joke and the side out of it, I think, you know, we don't want to win the Premier League title that way. You know, we've got eight games left to play and uh, we'd like to play them and, and do it properly and get the required, uh, depending on who you read, one or two wins to do it. And um, Marley's just sneezed in the studio. I'm going to leave the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think we, we want to do it the right way. But I'm also very interested in the Champions League places, Europa League places. But I also, uh, you know, I'm a bit worried for Leeds and, and West Brom at the minute, uh, more so than the relegation teams, because I think for them to do what they do in a very tough league and get out of a very tough league would be quite unjust. There's no scenario that can happen beyond here that doesn't involve seeing out the rest of this season in some way. I think the amount of options we've discussed in the podcast over the last two weeks or so, none of them hold any water other than at some point. At the moment, we're just hitting pause on the Man City, UEFA stuff, on the season, on the Champions League, whatever. It's just a great big pause yep. button, which will have to be resumed at some point. I'm with you, but I mean, like I said on yesterday's podcast, you go back to wartime, 
When World War II broke out, Blackpool were top of the league in 1939 of the old Division One, and the war broke That's out. It's a massively different situation. I than don't. It was in 19... no. I don't because yeah. I, d- I don't. Way I, different. Let me explain to you why. Six <laughs> months. Six <laughs> months. <laughs> six months. Hear him out. <laughs> six months down the line. Let's just say we don't get any football now till September. The Liverpool team might not look too drastically different, but it could look different. How far away from the current season or the suspension of the season now do we need to get before that season therefore becomes irrelevant? Over for, inst- for instance, if the Blackpool team of 1946-47 came back and resumed the 39-40 season, it would be completely different because the players would be different, the staff would be different, there would be different quality in different teams up and down the league. Therefore, in the interest of fairness and the integrity of the competition, as Steve mentions, it wouldn't be right to complete the season. Therefore, that season was chalked off and suspended. Personally, I don't want that to happen because I think Liverpool deserve to win the league. But if it gets longer than a certain point, at which point then does the season time-wise become irrelevant to what we're currently in right now? Well, now let me explain why it's a massively different situation because (laughs) the amount that rides on a tournament now is completely incomparable to what was happening in the late 30s in terms of the amount of money, the amount of jobs, the amount of livelihoods that hang. Just It's not about just the game of football. Yeah, it's, it's not just about a result. It's about everything around that. And Steve mentions West Brom and Leeds. The amount of money that's involved in those individual teams potentially. Million. Yeah, and again, it's not Minimum. just a football Minimum. club making money. It's the staff around. If they don't get promotion, Leeds are in a real situation Which where they're going to have to Which is surely their own fault as a business. It's a problem that is a, we're able to mitigate by just hitting pause for the time we being. Have a, rather we than have just going, ah, oh, let's cancel the whole thing. It's only football. I was talking to Lee yesterday. Now, Lee is our resident West Brom fan yeah. who, who comes on the podcast as well. And I was talking about West Brom's situation in particular, and he said that he, if if the season was was null and void, he doesn't think West Brom could go again next season because you, you know you gear up to to make these runs and try and make a go of it, and they've put all their eggs in this basket this season, very much like Leeds have for the last two seasons. Yeah. And you think Leeds and West Brom, I don't think could make a push again. I, I, I get that, but then again, it goes to the point that Jim was making: is it, it is just a game of football? If you don't get promoted, so you've still got a team to watch. And you might get promoted in 10 years. And although, yeah, but we're, the impact is we're more impatient. Than football. That's the thing you've got to do. Yes, an, I do. It's but an why, socioeconomic. Why is our model 80% of, of turnover slash income can be used on wages? Well, that's a massively different it's, situation and a different question. It's, but, it's, but I don't think it is. I think, I think it, all, it all links together, Jim, well, because you can't say, oh, what about Leeds United? What about West Brom? They're owed all this money and they could go under. That's their, Is that not their own fault for taking that risk? I know you can't foresee a pandemic. That's ridiculous. And I'm totally understanding of that. But surely then, if you take that risk, you are going to have to face the music eventually. If things go wrong, which there is a very small chance that it will go wrong, and this is what's happened, then surely you can accept that it's irresponsible of those people at the very top brass of these clubs and in, in authoritative positions to have made that decision, which could possibly affect those involved. And I think in regular football circumstances, yes, you'd make your bed and you lie in it to a certain extent. But here we have a situation where we can control this impact. We can say, okay, well, we're not going to let you go bust because we can just resume this season. And it's, like, it's not just about the promotion of West Brom and the promotion of Leeds. It's about Liverpool mm-hmm. potentially winning the title, which is probably more football-based than most of the decisions that will be made. It's about the teams that are going to get relegated. I think that's irrelevant. I just think making sure that people financially are sound. I, I don't think... I think you but, can but chalk can't the season do that. At this stage, we can't do that. So, that, so what would be your solution then? My hit, hit pause and resume when we resume. Is that, not, like, is that not what we're doing now anyway? 
Well, we don't know. That's, that's the, the thing. That's the discussion. Uh, yeah, that's it. I, you I, hit I, pause and you resume, and it could be 12 months. Yeah. But I if think it's 12 months, it's 12 months. But you still think this season should be finished? This season yeah. should be finished. Even yeah. though 12 months down the line, Liverpool might not have Mane, might not have Salah, and it wouldn't be a fair competition. Well, so why, people would think, say, why, they, wouldn't they have, why wouldn't they have them players, though? Because the transfer window the transfer opens window in August. August. Transfer, why, players why, might be out Why would a transfer window open when there's a pandemic? But we've not. Why would you have a medical? Why would you move? We've not had the communication to say that the transfer window's in doubt. But if the season's on pause, then everything's on pause because then the season would have restarted. Exactly, and common sense would say so that. But at the same. minute, we've not addressed yeah. that, have we? And that's, so there, there's nothing stopping these these players kind of having discussions with their agents and stuff like that because UEFA, Premier League, EFL, etc., said, "By the way, guys, we're going to scrap the August transfer window because the football won't have started." Mm. That's that's not going to happen. And you know what? Even if the transfer window is opened for some inexplicable reason, if they decide for it to go ahead, it's just like a January transfer window. It's just everyone will be in the same boat. It'll be the same situation. Players can leave, players can come in, and it's up well, to the club to work dates it Dates on contract are still relevant, aren't they? Because, you know, we, we, we're talking... I mean, there's a, there's a rumour going around... Well, there's it's a rumour. Week by week um, You know, they're talking about, um, you know, like, if you've got a new kit deal, at, at Liverpool's new kit deal, and they can win the Premier League in a Nike kit, you know, when the, the new balance at the minute. So there's all these little permutations going on, and it's just... Um, I just think the transfers aren't a big thing at the minute. I think that's, that's probably got to be put back in people's thinking. Well, that's a shame because we're going to talk about some possible transfers <laughs> yeah. later on in the podcast. Lovely segue. Uh, so, yeah, we'll do that after this quick break here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily with German Donna Kebab. Kebab's done right every time. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to the podcast. My name's Niall. I've got Jim, Marley and Steve alongside me here in the Sports Social Studio for your Tuesday edition of the Premier League update on Football Social Daily. Now, we spoke before the break about UEFA possibly wanting 245 million quid in compensation if Euro 2020 is cancelled this year. What about the Premier League? Are they at risk of breaching their three billion pound contract with TV broadcasters if the season isn't finished by the summer? Now, we can probably put to one side all of our personal opinions on when the season will end and how to resume the season for the time being. And oh, just... I've got loads more to say on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, that's good. That's I've not seen Jim's notes. <laughs> it's good because we've got at least another three weeks of podcasts to get through, so you can keep them for the, by for the time being. So this is a contract between the Premier League and broadcasters in this country, the likes of Sky Sports, BT Sport, uh, Amazon Prime Video, Talk Sport, etc., etc. These companies who do rely mm. on Premier League broadcasting, Steve, for their income and therefore to pay their staff. So yeah. this does have a domino effect. It has a knockdown effect. The Premier League are at risk of breaching this contract. Is it possible that we see the broadcasters and the Premier League in a bit of a civil war, so to speak, about the future of the Premier League in terms of how it's broadcast to people once this crisis is over. Yes, I think that I think that there's a real possibility of that. I think for me that that's the big reason why I can't see the season being scrapped. I think you know I talked about it earlier on. I said it's going to come down to money on it. There's so much at stake from a financial point of view here because the knock-on effect is you've got Sky, the broadcasters you just mentioned saying to the Premier League, we're not getting our product that we're paying for. Sure. Uh, you've as a subscriber, uh, which is funnily enough, because I got a letter through the post off my chosen provider the other day saying that they want to put four quid a month on top of me, uh, <laughs> me subscription at this current state. I mean, I think a, a few people in the office probably got it as well, but we won't say who they are. And um, that's what ultimately it's got to come down to, uh, because the knock-on effect is if we're not going to get football for six or twelve months, a lot of people are going to be getting onto these subscribers mm. and saying, actually, they want to take the sport pack off. 
Yes. You know, and sure. that's that's the they're the moving parts that are, that are going round. I think. And we talk about games being postponed uh, for the lower leagues. Therefore, gate receipts means that they won't get mm. the money that they're expecting. For Premier League teams, that isn't the case. Gate receipts are a mirror, you know, a needle in a haystack in terms of the money they make. It is these TV revenues, Jim, which effectively keep the Premier League the machine it is. Which is why there's going to be such a big emphasis from this UEFA meeting that is happening as we speak to resume the season as soon as possible. It'll be really interesting to see what happens come April the 3rd, because at the moment, let's remember, April the 3rd is the date that's been put on the Premier League to be paused until and a few of the other leagues around Europe as well. So they could well decide to, on April the 3rd, resume the competition behind closed doors once footballers and TV staff have completed a quarantine period that enable them to do that, which would be a way around them breaching that contract. And I think by the time we get to April the 3rd as well, I mean, that's only two odd weeks away. A lot of people who are saying, oh, we don't want football without fans. It'll be nothing mm. without fans. Three weeks without football is going to change a few people's opinions. I think the idea of a Premier League without fans being screened live on television will start to appeal to people a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the impact it's going to have on fans and we always say that what's the point of playing a game, Marley, if there's no fans in the stadium? But yeah. if money comes down to it and it looks like the Premier League could be in peril or clubs could be in peril or TV contracts or whatnot might be in danger because of the fact that we're saying no games until the fans are allowed back in, do you think that might force a change and just make them go, well, actually, we've left it long enough now. We might have to just play games behind closed doors because we're forced to. Yeah, if that's what comes down to it, and if that's the only way, then it's got to be done. Like, I mean, like we were saying before, before the break, like there's so much more that rides on football these days than than just entertainment and fans. And it's kind of sad that it's come down to that, but it's also more entertaining for the fans that it has come down to that because it means we get the better players and we get the where we can the Premier League can call themselves the best league in the world and the most competitive league and what have you because that's what it comes down to and this situation is just so weird that you know you can't there isn't a situation that keeps everyone happy at all times like people are going to have to be annoyed whether it's people not getting league titles or winning the league or something we've just kind of got to get it out of the way and we're kind of lucky that this has came about with with only eight games to go, because you can really you can get that done in four weeks if you mm. if you push everything else back. You could play three times a week, like exactly, Saturday, yeah. so, Wednesday, Saturday. You might, yeah, you know, you well, might be able to get it done quickly. Unfortunately, for if it has to happen without fans, it has to happen without fans. It's, it's just the way it kind you of. Still has, put TV has cameras has in there, though, couldn't you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, still by rights, every Premier League game has to be filmed and recorded. So. Yeah, still, yeah. And there's um, you know, there's ways of clubs supporting fans um, in terms of filming it like if Newcastle have got NUFC TV and they could they can do it on there if 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 everyone works together but in these sort of situations you see what people are, are made of like you see who wants to make money out of these stupid times where people are like oh well we can charge people more and, and make money off them which is completely wrong and it's the football some football equivalent of stockpiling hand gel, that isn't it? Yeah, Essentially. <laughs> yeah, 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 kind of. I mean, well, they've got nowhere to spend their money at the moment, so it's just hoarding their money for no reason right now. Exactly, yeah. But I mean, it's it's one of them where it's just you are going to annoy people either way. Whatever happens, it doesn't matter. Someone's going to be annoyed. Somebody's going to lose out money somewhere, and it's up to people to to club together and to do the right thing by making it as fair as possible in, in, in a bad situation for me. I do find that the sign, if you want to look for the small rays of positive hope that the season will resume sooner rather than later, it is that the Premier League clubs and clubs all over Europe, in fact, are still 
training mm. and they were maintaining fitness. And I, it's probably partly due to the fact that they're committed to doing that and you can't let players leave fit, lose fitness and you can't just keep them at home playing FIFA. Well, Mason Mounts uh, play five-a-side <laughs> in London well, every, they every are, five minutes. They're ready to go. And yeah. I think April the 3rd might be a little bit too soon for any kind of footballing activity to happen yeah, again. But well. once we get to May, I think all bets are off by that stage and the season could restart. That's I, I, think it, I think it'd be longer anyway. But. And even if it starts in June, you could have it done by, by early July. I think, you know, like Jim said, it's a press pause and it's we go after that. Well, Sean Dyche will be hoping that the uh, the season can continue exactly where it left off for Burnley as he's been named the manager of the month. Now, Burnley, we always discuss them as being they are what they are. You know, no one really ever backs them to go down, but yet they always flirt, Steve, with those relegation places. And yet they pull out a few results here and there. They have a patch of the season where they maybe lose three or four games in a row and they sort of teetering in that bottom three. And then they pull it together and then they're up in the European spots. I don't want to call them a yo-yo club, but certainly Sean Dyche, you know, we have to give Sean Dyche credit and he's been recognised as the manager of the month. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of Sean Dyche. He's, he's certainly for the viral videos that go around, uh, you know, of him on the touchline with his players. But he just does it, doesn't he? Season after season, he just makes it happen. And, you know, Burnley are 10th now. They're probably safe. They're on 39 points. I think that they'll be all right. Mm. They're in decent form. They've not lost in five, you know, two, two wins and three draws. And Burnley have a very straightforward style of playing football. You know, it's up to the big man. They've always had someone up <laughs> top who's who's caused a handful for them. And, um, you know, you've got a nice tight pitch there at Turf Moor, which isn't kind of, you know, very comfortable to play on. And they keep the grass a little bit longer and all that. And it's, I'm a big fan of all that. And th- to see Burnley punching the way they are, I mean, they're a point behind Arsenal, even though they pay, play the game more. But there's some... Giant football clubs underneath them in the league, you know Everton, Newcastle, West Ham, uh, you know are, are all underneath them in the league, and I think it's credit to Sean Dyche because every single season he finds this extra bit of juice out of the team towards the end of the season and gets them into a position where, mm. like you quite rightly say, you know they've, they've tasted European football recently, and and it's good to see a, a, a smaller club with with a relatively small capacity in a very old stadium on a very limited budget playing a certain standard of football achieving what they achieve. Yeah, we talk about Premier League budgets and money and stuff, Jim, but shoestring budget, I think Burnley have done a very, very good job over a long period of time. They have to be commended for that. Yeah, they have. And Steve's right with what he says. They've done incredibly well to stay in the Premier League and do nothing else in terms of the money they spend and the personnel they bring in. Why Sean Dyche has won Manager of the Month award, though, I'm not entirely sure. Because you look at his results, they've had a decent run. It's but that's it. It's a decent run, it, isn't it? This month, old Jim, it was dip, dip, dip. <laughs> you know, they decided the manager of the month. <laughs> well, I mean, mm. when was it? Is, it? is it February? For February, yeah. But Burnley beat Southampton and Bournemouth um, around yeah. them in the table. Drew at the time. with Newcastle. Drew with Arsenal. Is that manager of the month quality? Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think, will be um, gutted not to win it this month because the form yeah. at Manchester United and the way that he's turned their season around there, yeah, has been remarkable. Burnley, I think. They're all right results. I mean, three goals against Bournemouth. A lot of people are scoring that many against Bournemouth at the moment. And very, with Newcastle. That's very VAR-assisted goals as well. Yeah, the ones no one likes Man United, though. I I'm only joking. <laughs> I think Sean Dyche does what he does, and he does it very well. Yeah. And he plays a certain type of football. Whether you think that's positive for the Premier League or not, it's a completely different Do question. You, exactly. Anti-football, Marley. What's your, oh, what's your view on mate, this? Here we go. Um, <laughs> I, the Newcastle has fans' any, perspective. Has anyone who watched Burnley for 90 minutes... They are bloody awful. Yeah, twice a season. Awful, <laughs> awful, terrible football to watch. Like, you know the the old sort of cliche of I'm ready, um, I'm ready. 
the league table doesn't lie Wait. at the end of the season. <laughs> How on earth are Burnley 10th in the Premier League? Well, if they've won 11 it games, made drawn six and lost 12. mental. They are not. They're just not the ten best team in the league. That's how poor the season's been this well, they're year. They're better than your team, though. They're not. They are. Well, they're they, crap. They, they clearly are. They're rubbish. Uh, but but they're better than Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> is, is the I believe that. <laughs> we're all getting angsty. We're all getting old. Well, we're not. Things. You are. Well, <laughs> crazy. I've got the virus and I've got a <laughs> talking scout <laughs> next to me. <laughs> right. Samuel Rice is the archetypal. Sean Dyche hate Burnley man, I just right? hate so Burnley big man up top long ball midfield never sees it yeah. would you class any of Sam Allardyce's teams as good teams Bolton, Bolton. Hey, anyone Bolton. that signs Yuri Jokaev on a free and gets everything out of him and uh-huh. Ivan Campbell and all these players JJ Fernando Hierro never ever slag Sam Allardyce Bol- off again Bolton <laughs> were a good team purely in his Bolton days purely because he had a player of the talents of JJ Okocha in midfield that was the only reason that team was bearable. If you took him out of the team, they would have been just—they would have been Burnley in white shirts, <laughs> essentially. It, it's not—it's not good football, is it? It's not no. the football we want to watch. If it was Burnley, he got promoted versus... from the Championship with West Ham, did he not? He did, yeah. Playing terrible, terrible football. <laughs> but would you take that now, Jim, as a West Ham fan? <laughs> not being in the Sam Championship. Well, do you know? Would Sean you take the, Would you take the terrible football for the, in the interim and be hired up in the position and not be? Well, in in the mire, really, you know what I mean? It's tempting to say yes, but having been in that scenario and said, I'd much rather us play decent football and lose every time we played a game where we're lobbing the ball forward, lobbing the ball into the box and scoring maybe one goal and keeping it tight at the back, I'd say, no, I'd rather watch decent football. Well, Brighton have done this, haven't they? They swapped Chris Hewton for Graham Potter. And in terms of positions... Mm almost in exactly the same position as they would have been if Hewton was in charge, if you look at the, the kind of history of it, Marley. So yeah. would you would you agree with Jim there? You'd rather play the attractive football, even if it doesn't get you any higher at the table? I, I think there's a reason why, if you look at Graham Potter, Brighton um, gave him a new contract after like eight or nine games, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. Seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and in the, how many years has Deitch been at Burnley? Five? A lot. He's yeah. never been linked with another job. Like higher up, seriously. He he's been he's been mooted. Or, or what about Everton? And that was because Everton didn't have a manager at the time. But whether there's been interest or not is very different exactly. To there is there's never been a big club going. Should we take a chance on Dyche because nobody wants to play that type of football further up the league? He's been there eight years. Eight years. There you so go. Called and from Eddie Howe, didn't he? Yes. So it t- probably took him six months to get that style involved, and then seven and a half years of of humping it towards Wood, Barnes, Vokes, whoever they had. Crouch. Peter Crouch at one point. This was like not even a year ago they had Peter Crouch. Oh, mate, it's just there's a reason why he's never been linked with another job, and that's probably a reason why he'll be there until until he wants to leave because nobody's ever going to question him because it's worked in the past. The fans, I don't, I honestly don't know if the fans like that type of football, but... They've got there's nothing else in Burnley to attract them, so they'll, they'll just keep going every week. <laughs> there's no in Burnley. No, like what? Like I'm on about like other sports and stuff. Right, what right, what right, else right. is oh, what else is attracted? There's a cricket ground pretty pretty much on the back of Turf Moor. Burnley, we love you. We're Honestly, pretty, you know I mean? the, one thing, the one I, thing I don't live a million miles away from Burnley. The one thing I do love about Burnley is the fact that there was one point a couple of seasons ago where they they won. I don't know if they came up from the Championship or something, but they um there was a a pub. There was a guy in it one day, and it was after they'd won something, and he had a horse in the pub. Genuinely and, just and? walked into the pub with a, with a horse, is, and everyone just didn't bat an eyelid. Isn't there like, a pub oh. in Burnley named after Sean Dyche as well, the Lord there Dyche is, or something like that? Was that wasn't there it after is. they qualified, qualified for the Europa League? Yeah, they yeah. yeah. A pub after him. Great and club. They were, great weren't, club. Weren't they out of it before the season started? 
Burnley Tornadoes. Yeah, I think they were. It's an American football club. You want to go and watch some American football? Burnley, Burnley Tornadoes. Burnley, oh, they're good then. <laughs> I feel like we might have they actually play. Here, boys. They actually play. <laughs> they play less direct football than, than actual Burnley do. Uh, okay, let's talk about some of the transfer gossip which is going around in the newspapers. Of course, as always, when there's a break from the on-field action, you do tend to see these stories bubbling up to the surface. And let's talk about Marley's club, Newcastle United, where Steve Bruce is said to be concerned over the future of Matty Longstaff. It looks like he might end up being on his way out of St James's Park if he can't tie the midfielder down to a new contract. Do you think Newcastle, as long as Mike Ashley is in charge, will all, in terms of owning the club, will mm. always be a club that will try and sell for profit? Um, well, the, we can't sell him because he's got six months left on his contract. The, the, by the time anybody has chance to to buy him, he's he's free. Yeah. So true, there true. is no profit to be made. So in terms of a, a business move, it's stupid to let him go for free. If you think he's an asset, you got to tie him down and then sell him on if if that's what you want to do. Um, Does that mean they don't think he's an asset then? If they're not offering him the contract that he wants, I don't understand. The kid's on four hundred quid a week or something like that. He's on a he's on a youth team thing, so he's costing you pittance a week. Like people are spending more that more more money than that on toilet rolls in <laughs> in Tesco if they can get their hands on him. Um, but I think the I don't know they may be wary of of what happens with with Sean Longstaff. I mean he's on he he was on a similar wage this time a year, uh, a year and a half ago. Then he broke out and he he got put on another a bigger contract to to see off the likes of the people that were sniffing around him or if if they even were, and then they're they're talking about renewing his again because he's not gone backwards. So by virtue of still being young and being English and being in and around the first team, he's uh, he's been linked with another contract. So maybe they're thinking about that with Matty, but I don't I refuse to believe that he's making prima donna big demands. Because he's a local lad, he's playing in, in the first team with his brother. He's grown up through the system. If anybody was likely to be a, just a tap in for a contract renewal, it would be the the local ginger ginger Jordy kid mm. who's in your team. He's living his childhood dream. He's nineteen years old. How many nineteen year olds want to move to like? They've been they've been linked with like Inter Milan. It's like why would you go to Inter? I don't understand. As it's, you say, it seems really unlikely that he's. Whacking his nuts on the table and going, I want £125,000 a week or whatever. Exactly. It, also, I, it almost feels like he just wants more strange. of a chance as well because he's had flashes of being in the team and when every, alongside his brother as well. They've performed when, well together generally. Yeah, when everyone's fit, he doesn't get in the squad. Guys, which, just to, to butt in, sorry, tells... Marley, uh, your way, Euro 2020 has been postponed until 2021. Okay, The news we were all oh, expecting. Now yeah. back to the main story. Ma- yeah, the Longstaff brothers, <laughs> sorry. Longstaff. <laughs> anyway, Longstaff. wasn't quite as good as Rafa Benitez, but. <laughs> Longstaff needs to stay. And the club needs to pull the fingers out and make him make him stay because it, it, there is no logical reason to to let him move, mm. either financially or whether you think he's a good player or not. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because we talked about Harry Kane yesterday on the podcast and 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 where he's at with it. And I think there will come a time where where them lads will go. Actually, you know, we've got a lot of these kind of clubs sniffing around us. You know, where do we? What do we do? Do we stay at Newcastle, where realistically we're probably not going to win a great deal and have a, a lot of success or, or do we go and you know test the water somewhere else and I think mm. see I don't, I don't think that comes into it at 19 though 
I think, well, I think Wayne that, Rooney, didn't it? I think, that, and look what think, happened with him. Yeah, but he was immediately one of the best players in the team. Well, so could them two, though. But they're not. Well, who knows? You know what I mean? With when right everyone's fit, Matty doesn't get in the squad. Uh, yeah. He's but, not good enough. <laughs> touch the nerve, like, but. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> not know? as good as Sean. He's not do, as good do, as Shelby. Do, he's not as good as Hayden. But, but he's do still you think very they young and still. Exactly. Exciting so prospects. that's why we've got to keep him and get him to okay. that point where he's thinking, I'm in the first team now. Now I want the next thing of let's go and win things. So you can He's not there yet. You can understand Steve Bruce using the words, I'm concerned about him not signing a new deal. I don't know. Where I don't think that's come from. I don't believe it's coming from Matty. I think it's coming from the club, off like trying to lowball him a bit. Just to pick up on what Steve mentioned there about Euro 2020, it's been officially confirmed that it will take place as Euro 2021 and will run from June the 11th to July the 11th next year. So Euro mm. 2020 officially postponed until that's Euro 2020. First bit of common sense we've had in. A little while. Mm. Yeah, obviously we're still yet to hear from this UEFA meeting about the outcomes of the Champions League and the Europa League and what they'll do with that this season. Of course, we'll have more on the podcast for you tomorrow when we know more about that. But back to the transfer gossip. And one for you, Jim. Issa Diop, who was so promising at the back for West Ham last season. Mm. He's been linked with a move to Arsenal. He's rated at 60 million quid by West Ham United. He was also linked with Manchester United back in the summer. However, this season... You look at West Ham's position in the table and his performances this year, has he knocked a few million quid off of his value from his performances this campaign? If Arsenal or Manchester United want to pay 60 million quid for him, I will drive him to those grounds <laughs> myself. <laughs> I mean, it was, oh, I'd love to go pick him up though, wouldn't I? I mean, <laughs> I'd have to work out the mileage and the round trip and how much it'll cost me in petrol. But basically, I mean, he was looking every bit the 60 million pound player last season. This season, he doesn't seem to be quite at that level. I think he has made some individual errors that have cost us this season. Positionally, he's been poor at times. He hasn't looked like he's had quite the same level of confidence, which is probably down to the team performances. So I can't imagine getting... 60 million quid from him now I think you'd be looking at probably around 35 40 which is still a decent chunk of money but he is 21 I think he might be 22 now he's a really promising talent he has got the attributes to be an absolute top level defender but I can see potentially a decent offer being enough to tempt West Ham into cashing in on that. What's been wrong with his performances this season? Has there been anything wrong? Is it just been a case that West Ham have been poor defensively? Ha- looked... Has the talk of a move in the summer got to his head maybe? I think he's looked naive right. at times. So particularly when he's not played alongside one of our more so- I mean, one of our more solid defenders. West Ham are <laughs> solid defenders. But you go uh, Bong is probably his best partner who's obviously got a much more experience than a lot of the other players we've got in that squad. When he's played alongside him, he's looked much more solid. Mm. When he hasn't played alongside him, when he's played um, again, next to the chap whose name I always forget. Oh, well, uh, that's the fella. Um, then he, he's I don't, he doesn't convince me about no, Werner either. No, and they've both looked very unconvincing. Yeah. And he's been caught a lot out of position. He's been caught... I mean, it's simple stuff, or what you think is simple stuff that appears simple stuff to Sunday League footballers like us, where, you get, where he's getting caught the wrong side of the man and just being caught napping a little bit when he should be making those movements and following players in. So I think that's been the real issue. It's just naivety. It's just a bit of experience. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finished. I, I think there's a player in there, though. I, you know, I yeah. think that with with the right, you know, partner, the settled partner, you know, he's had a bit of yeah. upheaval this season because he had Roberto behind him for for a run of games, and yeah. then, you know, and I, I I still believe there's a player in there. I think 60 million is excessive for him, but I think if someone was to to, to maybe kind of get in for 40 million quid, I don't think that'd be a bad piece of business. Jose Mourinho you, did his value a massive favour by calling him a monster. 
yeah. after <laughs> West Ham beat Manchester United. He came out and made that statement, and that probably added twenty million onto it's, his price it's, tag. It's, it's like when yeah. they build a Waitrose near your house; your house price goes <laughs> up by about thirty grand. <laughs> 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 Hopefully everyone listening to the podcast is making sure they're taking all the right precautions. Thanks to Steve. Thank you, Steve. Cheers, Thanks, guys. Marley. Thanks, Jim. We'll Thank be back you. with more podcasts as much as we can do over the next few days. Make sure you hit subscribe. You won't miss a podcast as soon as a new one's released. And also give us a follow on social media. It's at the Sports Social on Twitter and at Sports Social on Instagram. But that's it for now. And we'll chat to you again soon. Football Social Daily with German gourmet doner kebabs made with our signature sauces. 